We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. And welcome to At Your Service. Brad Young in with you tonight until 10 o'clock. Hey, thanks so much for staying up late with us here on X. We have a good time at night. You know, the rules are kind of looser. I'm only kind of an employee at X, so what are they going to do, fire me? So we get to have a lot more fun here in the evenings uh, on At Your Service. And uh, speaking of fun, John Lithgow is 77 years old today. What a fun guy. Uh, if you haven't seen any of his movies or TV shows, I mean, surely you have. And I know, don't call me Shirley, but he is just fabulous at everything that he does. And I got to tell you, one of my favorite performances of John Lithgow wasn't even wasn't even comedic. But if you've ever watched The Crown, he played Winston Churchill. And I got to tell you the reason why I liked it so much. Yes, he was fabulous. Of course, he pulled off the role. Obviously, he did a great job. <clears throat> but don't you get kind of tired of British actors playing American roles? It just bothers me. I'm like, really? We've got to go to this little island in the North Atlantic? Don't we have enough people here who could do that role? Of course we do. And it what really got me going on this was when Henry Cavill plays Superman. Really? How can you have a Brit play Superman? There's no other role that is so iconically American, I guess, other than maybe Captain America. Are we going to have a Brit play Captain America? No, we can't do that. But we had a Brit play Superman. It just made me mad. So as I want, as I, yes, I took my high blood pressure medicine. Don't worry, Matt. I'm okay. But as I'm watching The Crown and I see John Lithgow playing Winston Churchill, I thought, yes, finally, we can have an American play an iconic British character. And I hope they were mad about it. I really do. I hope it really got under their stiff upper lip over there when we when an American played uh, Winston Churchill. So, yes, he's 77 years old today. And if you're looking for something that he's in, he's in a show right now. It's on uh, it's on FX, but it streams on Hulu. And it's called The Old Man. And uh, it's, it's one of these uh, limited-run series. Uh, there's season one of this. It's out. 
And it's him and Jeff Bridges. It's fabulous. They both play guys in the CIA. John Lithgow is, of course, your bureaucrat in the CIA. And Jeff Bridges is a semi-retired CIA operative. It's excellent. It's very, very good. And uh, so, yeah, texts are already coming in. Thank you very much. Appreciate you listening this evening. Uh, And the other thing that today is known for is on this day in, let's see, I believe the year was uh, 1780. 1780. No, I'm sorry, 1781. On this day, the British surrendered at Yorktown. It was British General Lord Cornwallis surrendered himself and his 8,000 British soldiers to George Washington, and that was in 1781. And it's interesting because as I've talked to folks over the years, there's this common perception that the Revolutionary War ended when we issued the Declaration of Independence in 1776. But the Revolutionary War continued another five years after the Declaration of Independence. So it was not a short war, uh, but uh, as obviously then George Washington later, once we got rid of the Articles of Confederation, became our first president. Thank you very much. And uh, and he then went on uh, the dollar bill, which, you know, isn't worth as much as it used to be. But that's OK. Inflation's eating into everything these days. Uh, and we're going to be talking about some inflation issues as the evening wears on. But one of the topics we're going to talk about later in the show is, and this is just breaking news, is that the Supreme Court has been asked to issue a stay to block President Biden's student debt relief program. And I, I, it's the, the stay order, and the way this works at the Supreme Court, it's not very difficult. What happens is, is that uh, when, when an entity wants to make an emergency petition to the Supreme Court, one justice is always appointed at any given time to make those decisions. So you don't have to gather all the justices in because, you know, some of these justices are old. They probably go to bed at like 8 o'clock at night, and um, you, you don't know. they got to take their pills. So you only have one. Well, Amy Coney Barrett is the one today who's going to decide whether to issue a stay in the student loan debt relief program challenge. Now, my guess is is that she probably won't do it. And folks are going to say, oh, look, we thought she was a conservative. What is she doing? But it's the procedure. And the Supreme Court will probably wait to see what the lower courts will do instead of just starting at the Supreme Court level. So I don't know exactly how she's going to rule on this. But keep in mind, even if she turns it down, that's no indication of any kind regarding her thoughts on the merits on the case or how she's going to eventually rule, because I do think eventually this student loan program will probably be stricken, uh, the debt relief rather, will probably be stricken if the parties can find someone who has standing. In other words, in any court proceeding, you've heard me say this before, one of the litigants has to have been harmed by the action. And if no one's been harmed, You can't just file a lawsuit. That's called an advisory opinion, and courts will not issue advisory opinions. So it's been extremely hard to find someone who's been harmed by this in order to file a lawsuit. But we'll see. I'll be following this closely, and, of course, we'll be covering it right here on Camo X. Hey, coming up after this break, we're going to talk to Virginia Allen. 
She's, of course, with the Heritage Foundation, and she recently went to the border in Texas. She wasn't just making assumptions. She wasn't simply spouting out platitudes about what we should do. She went to the border. She interviewed people at the border, and she's going to talk to us tonight on Camel X about what's really going on with the immigrant crisis on the border with Mexico. Brad Young at your service. Stick around. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We've all seen the news about how New York City has... They've declared a migrant emergency. They're building a tent city on one of the islands near the Hudson. Uh, Martha's Vineyard. Uh, Martha's Vineyard almost collapsed under the weight of a whopping 48 immigrants. And, of course, Texas and Arizona and even New Mexico, are they're just truly overwhelmed by the, by the migration across the southern border. And today we hear so many conflicting reports of what's happening at the border, but so often we hear from those like Vice President Kamala Harris, who never really actually go to the border. So Virginia Allen, senior news producer with the Heritage Foundation, writer for the DailySignal.com. You've heard her here on X many times. She actually went to the border, spoke to people who actually deal with the crisis on a daily basis. Hey, Virginia, great to talk to you again here on KMOX. Thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. Uh, you went to the border recently. You wrote about it uh, for the DailySignal.com, which, by the way, I read the DailySignal.com every single day, every day, uh, even on Sunday. I get home from church and I'm still reading the DailySignal.com. But uh, you <laughs> I, went there. You went there to get a firsthand look at the situation. How long did you actually spend there? That's right. So I was down at the border um, for three full days. It was my first time actually on the ground, boots on the ground, talking with local sheriffs, uh, talking with Border Patrol, talking with the illegal aliens themselves. And it was really eye opening. You know, I've been hearing about the crisis on the southern border for a, a very long time, like we all have. But to actually see it with my own eyes and to see that, you know, really right now, for all intents and purposes, we don't have a southern border, it was incredibly sobering and incredibly eye-opening. Yeah, and, and your piece was compelling because you went there. It, what, you weren't just sitting somewhere like in an academic sense writing about concepts and ideas, but it was compelling because you were there. And one of the things you wrote about in that article was you wrote about a person who lives near the border. I believe she was uh, 70 years old, and she told you that 
her house looks like Fort Knox at night. Describe what she told you. Yeah, that woman is East uh, uh, Teresa Esther Chapoy, excuse me, and a lovely woman. She lives one mile from the border in Del Rio, Texas. And she said that just in order to feel safe in her home at night, she's had to put up big lights outside, a fence in her backyard. She's gotten a guard dog because there's literally constantly illegal aliens crossing on the road in front of her property, running through her backyard. She described mm-hmm. that um, just the night before I met her, she said uh, that she was been chatting with a neighbor and they were like, oh, you know, there was a helicopter you know, circling our neighborhood last night. But, I mean, this is kind of the reality for people that live on the border. They're just very aware that at any time of day or night, you know, there could be an illegal alien trying to evade Border Patrol that's running through their property. Or there could be those, you know, uh, knocking on their door asking for for water or for help uh, because they crossed illegally and now they're waiting and looking for Border Patrol to come pick them up. Uh, but the the weight of it is you know, yes. really that, that brunt is being felt by these folks that live on the border first, and they're dealing with it every day. Yeah, and, and even as you're describing this right now, Virginia, it almost seems like she's in a self-imposed prison. I mean, she's got – she has to have lights and a guard dog, and she's constantly in fear. And this is in the United States of America, and yet she has to live inside of her self-made prison. That's right. And I asked her, I said, you know, Esther, why don't you move? And she said, well, you know, this this property, this land has been in my family for decades. And, you know, she said, I'm going to stay and I'm going to fight because this is my home. And that's really the the grit that I found with so many people that I talked to. Mm -hmm. I talked to a rancher in Valverde County, Laura Allen. um, And, you know, they they deal all the time with what they believe to be dangerous individuals, illegal aliens who are trying to avoid Border Patrol, crossing through their ranch, crossing through their properties. Laura says she stays armed at all times because she never knows who she's going to encounter. But for them, you know, the the land, the property that they have, it's their home, and they don't want to leave. They don't want to run away just because we have a government that's not dealing with Mm. the crisis at hand. Wow, that is compelling. We're talking to Virginia Allen. She's a news producer with the Heritage Foundation, and she writes a lot for the DailySignal.com. Uh, while you were there, you spoke to an illegal immigrant couple, and they that couple even had a baby, uh, and they came mm. from Colombia. Where were they headed? That's right. So uh, ultimately, they wanted to go to Chicago, but it was really interesting to see how the whole scenario played out. Um, I happened to come in contact with them in Del Rio. They had just crossed the border, um, and they were sitting with a couple different, um, with a couple National Guard members, and they were waiting for Border Patrol. Um, they had a three-month-old baby, like you said, in their arms. They said, you know, they wanted to come to America for a better life, um, and they had traveled, and now ultimately they wanted to go and, and work in Chicago and Border Patrol, you know, about 10 minutes after I've been talking with them, pulled up. They got in the van and were taken off to a processing center. Um, and this, this scenario plays out over and over and over. I've watched it multiple times play out where illegal aliens, they cross over, they wait for Border Patrol. Border Patrol picks them up. They go to a processing, processing center where some of their basic information, like their name, their birthday, that's all taken down. We hope that they're telling the truth and being honest with who they are. Um, and then they're, they're given a bus ticket, a plane ticket, and sent 
to a community near you within the interior of the United States. And we know many are landing in New York, Chicago, and, and other cities. But truly, um, this is a situation that's slowly but surely affecting every community across yeah, America. And, and that's the information that I don't think is widely known. I mean, if you talk to most people, they would say, yeah, we know that Florida, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, we know they have a border problem. But, you know, in Nebraska or even here in Missouri, we, we don't have a border problem. We're far from the border. Yet, as you write about this at thedailysignal.com, folks who are coming over are given bus tickets and sent to places all across the country. So it truly is a national problem. It really is. And, you know, people are, are quick to say, oh, you know, Abbott or DeSantis is, is giving out these bus tickets. They're a drop in the bucket compared to the government that's handing out tickets. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of NGOs, non-governmental organizations, that are giving these bus tickets, that are giving these plane tickets to illegal aliens. Um, this is a very organized effort. This uh, this is a well-oiled machine. Illegal immigration has become a well-oiled machine because of the sheer numbers that are coming across. Already, just in this uh, past fiscal year, there were over two two million encounters at our southern border. Hmm. Those numbers are not sustainable, and unfortunately, they are only growing. Hmm. We're talking to Virginia Allen with the Heritage Foundation, and as as you were describing this immigrant cr- couple with the baby that you talked about. It, it kind of reminds me uh, of another part of your article where you talked about uh, a border county sheriff named Joe Frank Martinez, who mm. told you, and I thought this was enlightening, he told you that there were basically two types of illegal immigrants who cross into Texas, those who want to get caught and those who don't. Do you mm. describe this couple? Is that kind of representative of the folks who actually want to get caught? That's right. Yeah. So a couple like this, they want to be apprehended by Border Patrol because they want to claim asylum and be put into that process of uh, being filed as asylum seekers. Then they'll be given uh, a court date, told to appear, um, or they're just told, hey, contact an ICE office near you within 60 days and we'll schedule that court hearing. Well, we hope that they do that sure. and they show up to that hearing. <laughs> but sure they will. Yeah, we, we unfortunately know that many don't because they're fearful of being deported. So they, they never show up to those asylum hearings and they just disappear into the fabric of the U.S. And then you have those who don't want to be caught. These are mm. dangerous individuals. They're drug smugglers. They're human traffickers. They have criminal records. I mean, you can you can go on Facebook and look at at the Border Patrol page and just look at almost daily. They're posting, hey, we apprehended, you know, this dangerous criminal or or this person. Um, And those are just the people that they're catching. So it's really frightening to think about the number of gotaways. Now, we know that legally, Virginia, if a if a person has, say, a swimming pool and that person fails to secure that pool with a fence and and a child just wanders into that pool and drowns, the property owner has liability for that child. It's it's a legal doctrine called attractive nuisance. But doesn't the United States government have the same duty to protect our border, even though these migrants may have legitimate reasons? I mean, if I were living in Colombia, I would want to come to America, too. So I, I, I can't delegitimize their reasons for coming here. But doesn't our country as a whole have a duty to protect this country from migrants coming across the border? You know, it seems like the Biden administration is either completely ignorant of the situation, which I don't believe, or they're intentionally choosing to ignore it. 
they, they have to know how bad this situation is, and yet they just keep carrying on with the status quo. You know, the, the really, not only are the American people paying the price for this, but the, the illegal immigrants themselves making that trek to the United States is a dangerous one. And unfortunately, many don't actually make it. That same sheriff, um, Sheriff Joe Frank on his desk, mm-hmm. just full of photos of, um, of dead migrants that have been found in his county, Valverde County in Texas, who died either of heat exhaustion, who drowned in the Rio Grande, Rio Grande River, who didn't make it on that trek. Uh, we know that so many women and, and children are sexually assaulted on that journey. And yet we just continue to say um, the message from the Biden administration continues to be, you know, come on, the border is open. And it's the American people and it's the illegal migrants themselves who pay a very high price. Exactly. Exactly. And and we, we talked about this a little bit earlier. We mentioned uh, uh you know the way that New York has been complaining, uh, and I just laughed uh, at uh, at Martha's Vineyard when their their whole system seemed to collapse, and they only had forty eight. And I'm thinking, yeah, for some towns in Texas, that happens every day. That may happen multiple times a day with those numbers. And you're complaining because you get forty eight uh, all at once. But I know the purpose from Governor Abbott in Texas and Governor DeSantis in Florida. The stated purpose behind these moves was to highlight the problems that Texas and Florida and other border states face every single day. But from that perspective, Virginia, have these efforts proven successful? You know, I I think slowly but surely they are proving successful. I think people are starting to pay attention who uh, previously had the luxury of ignoring the situation. Um, Now, New York City, Martha's Vineyard, they've been forced to actually say, okay, maybe maybe there is an issue, maybe there is a problem. Now, we might not agree on what exactly that issue or problem is, but they're aware of the fact that something isn't working. And that's that's a starting place. So I'm, you know, I, I like to consider myself a true optimist. I'm I'm optimistic that, you know, maybe eventually we keep knocking on this door long enough that um, that the Biden administration will wake up and do something. Um, but so far, we seem to have just been getting a lot of the same from the Biden administration and from so many of these Democrat leaders across the country. Yeah. Every time I've seen a press conference with Mayor Adams in New York City, I just so desperately want some reporter somewhere to say, Mayor, isn't New York City a sanctuary city? Why are you complaining about the migrants coming to a sanctuary city? But they, no one ever asks him that question. And it's so frustrating to me uh, because a question like that would point out the hypocrisy of saying, oh, we're a sanctuary city as long as the immigrants, as long as the illegal aliens stay in Texas and Florida, oh, sure, we'll be a migrant city. But once we have to deal with this as a problem, we're not so excited about doing that. Uh, Virginia Allen, uh, I love to follow what you write every day. Is the DailySignal.com the best place to catch your articles? That's right. DailySignal.com. You can also check out the Daily Signal podcast uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on all the podcast platforms. Excellent. Hey, Virginia, thanks so much for joining us this evening on Cable X. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
Hey, I want to open the phone lines. And yes, I, I had a lot of texts here over the last uh, few minutes. One person saying, stop saying migrants, they are illegal aliens. Well, really, they're both. They are illegal aliens. In fact, under federal law, they're classified as illegal aliens. But they are also migrants, and I think both terms fit. But what do you think about this? I want to open the phone lines on the immigration issue. What do you think of Governor Abbott and DeSantis sending illegal aliens to New York and Martha's Vineyard? Do you think that's a good idea? Was that a bad idea? Uh, Does it bother you that our border has more holes than a block of Swiss cheese? Is that a problem? Or do you think we should just have an open border and people can cross at will? What do you think? I want to hear from you. At your service means you get to participate in the program. 314-436-7900. Call or text. Love to hear from you. Brad Young. We'll be right back. Nearly a century of informing, entertaining, and serving St. Louis. KMOX. We're talking immigration issues here on KMOX this evening. We've got lots of texts coming in. Thank you very much. Keep them coming. I read every one. I try to reply to most, so greatly appreciate that. Also, uh, we've got several calls on the line, so I want to get to these. First up, we've got Jim, who's been holding. Hey, Jim, welcome to KMOX. Brad, uh, thank you for welcoming me, and uh, likewise, uh, welcome. So, uh, well, on the uh, illegal alien uh, um, border uh, topic, um, I mean, in my opinion, I would just like to see um, some order brought to it. I mean, they they all want to come up here, and we need them up here, and we need more of them than is allowed to come here uh, legally. Um, but we can't continue to just have them just flood across the border, bringing all kinds, you know, causing all kinds of problems. So Exactly. It, it goes back and forth because one side will say, well, we want, you know, they, they try to get a um, something hammered out in, in law and to improve it, and then neither one of, them, one of them won't go along with it, and the other side won't go along with it. So but here, here's what I want to know, Brad. Why on KMOX do we have to wait until the dead of night in order to talk about some sort of a, 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 a meat and potatoes issue like this. Why do all day long we get goofballs giggling about, you know, uh, spaghetti sauce or whatever? It's just ridiculous the way they, the way they, KMOX whitewashes the news and tries to keep the public silent. This is, I don't like it. Well, I'll tell you. That the KMOX isn't trying to keep the public silent. That's why I'm here. That's why I've opened up the phone lines. And, Jim, that's why I gave you plenty of time to express your opinion. I agree with you 100 percent on that. And I will tell you that neither party, and I've said this for decades, neither Republicans nor Democrats generally want to fix the immigration issue because it's better for them politically to have an issue to fight about and argue about than it is to have a problem to solve. I mean, I'm in the problem-solving business during my day. I have to resolve problems. And yet we send people to Washington, and they don't solve problems. This isn't a Republican issue. It's not a Democrat issue. It's a bureaucrat issue when politicians would rather argue about a problem rather than solve it. We all know how to solve this problem. You have legal immigration. I'm not opposed to legal immigration. But you've got to put a stop to illegal immigration, and no one wants to have it done. Uh, Warren's been holding for a while. Hey, Warren, glad you called in this evening. Yeah, oh, hi, Brad. 
Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Jim was right. Jim was right. Brad, you need to be on more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm with Jim. Well, here's what you do. You call the station and you tell them that. That's what you do. (laughs) I will. I'll be glad to. Jim's on. I'll vote for Jim. Okay. Vote Um, for Jim. Well, okay. I'm a pharmacist. I've worked uh, extensively on for an Indian Indian tribe down on the Mexican border, mm-hmm. one of four clinics and a huge, huge reservation that stretches from Nogales to Yuma, Arizona. Mm. And uh, every time I went to work, um, the last uh, clinic I worked at was close enough to Mexico. We could see the mountains. And uh, coming home, you know, one day, it, I'd go through Border Patrol checkpoints every day. And believe me. Those people are overworked. Don't yes, they are. Yeah. And um, I just stopped to take pictures of the mountains, and all of a sudden his head came out of the grass right beside the road. And it was some illegal, some guy, some young kid, dirty as heck, had come out, come over the mountains, which would have been a very precarious trip. And they stood up and smiled, and uh, he signaled he'd like to have a ride. Well, you know, I no. I said, no, I'm not going to give you a ride. I don't know if he had a you know a knife or gun. Yeah, you yeah, know. no idea. You know, I had no idea. Came out of the clue. So then, in another job, I uh, and this is more germane. I was flying from. Uh, I was working for the Federal Bureau of Prisons, doing the same thing, running pharmacies, and I was flying from Alexandria, Louisiana, to uh, Dallas to come back to Illinois for a weekend. And uh, the guy standing next to me was a pilot, dressed in white pilot outfit. He worked for, he was the uh, contract pilot for Swift Trucking Company, headquartered in Phoenix. Okay, uh, get get to the point for us, Warren. He was one of five pilots flying five planes. He'd get every, every Monday to go to Brownsville, Texas, pick up a plane and fly 150 illegals across the United States. He was hmm. one of five pilots doing that five times a day, run the numbers. Wow, and was this for the federal government? Yeah, under contract to FEMA or somebody. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was being paid for by the government to fly illegals yeah. all across the country. Swift was. He yeah, was Swift was. Right. Swift. Yeah. And one of, one wow. of the he said, I've, he said, I've had 150 kids on a plane hmm. with no nerve, no siblings. And he said, we knew they had health problems because we could see the lice in their heads. Sure. Wow. And that just shows you how our government has been doing this, but that doesn't get any press. But you send 48 migrants, 48 illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard, and all of a sudden we got a crisis. Right. And that really points out the absurdity of that. Hey, Warren, we've got some other folks who have been calling in. Uh, I want to thank you for calling in. Thank you for listening. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, my friend. You do the Lord's work. Thank you. Bye. Good night. Hey, Ron, you've been holding for a while. Welcome to Camel Wax. Hi there. I'm glad to talk with you. I want to make three quick points briefly. Okay, make sure you're listening to me here on the phone, not on the radio. Right, that's correct. Okay, I'm on the phone. What's yeah. your point? As I, as I understand, number one point is that I believe back in the 30s or so, the California Highway Patrol stopped migrants going from east to west into California. These were U.S. citizens who were stopped to show some means of support before they were allowed to enter California. My second point today, we as U.S. citizens have to have passports to get back into our own country, as I understand. That's correct. Okay, 
And my third and final point is that we like to think all these people will get decent jobs, they'll settle in and make a good living, but many of them in Europe and I suppose in South America are coached how to get into our welfare system if they're not able to work. That's my that's my three points. Well, Ron, very well spoken, and you are succinct and to the point, my friend. Hey, thanks so much for calling in. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to carry this conversation over to the next segment, 314-436-7900. Call or text right here on At Your Service, Camo X. You can't say that we avoid the tough issues here on Camel X. We're slugging through them tonight, folks, on At Your Service, and glad you are with us. And I'll tell you who else is with us. Rob's calling in this evening. Hey, Rob, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Excellent. What's on your mind? Hey, there's a number that you hear very little about, and I really think we should talk about it more. And I haven't checked the number this year but in years past, the U.S. admits a million immigrants legally each year. And that's a crazy number. I don't, I'm writing it down because I'm going to research this during the break. Uh, yes, I, I don't too. know what that number is, but why is that a crazy number? Well, it's, I think it shows the generosity of the, of the United States. Oh, sure it does. Uh, you know, I think we welcome... Uh, any that will come here legally and, you know, hardworking, honest people, who doesn't want that? Right. And yeah. I, I think Americans do. Well, think about this. You can't get into Sam's Club without showing your card. Um, I mean, I, every time I go to Sam's Club and they harass me at the door and I got to get out my wallet to show my card, you at least have to show something to get into Sam's Club. But you, you, but people think you shouldn't have to show or prove anything to come into the United States. It's patently absurd. It's ridiculous and it's indefensible. But at the same point, Rob, I agree with you. Legal immigration, you know, this country was formed on with by immigrants. Of course, uh, we could we need and can use legal immigrants. Uh, it's the compassionate thing to do. It makes sense economically, but it has to be done properly. And you make a great point. If we're letting in a, one million legal immigrants each year, that shows in many ways just how generous uh, our, this country is towards folks who live outside of the United States. Absolutely. And I, and I, and myself, I try to be that way. And I think most of my friends are like that way. The majority of Americans are not racist. Uh, they're not Agreed. Fear, fear mongers or anything else. Agreed. Agreed. But in the minds of the progressive left today, Rob, uh, they, they, the, the progressive left thinks that we have a system that is 100 percent crippled by racism, that everyone's a closet racist. If you're white, you're a closet racist. And if that were the case, we would not be bringing in so many legal immigrants every year. Absolutely. Don't you think they go into that with a mindset? That's what they want to be. That's the way they want it. And they make it look that way somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. That's right. But so many of the progressive left today, Rob, are the, everything is seen through the prism of racism. 
And everything that anyone says or does, I mean, I've read journal papers, Rob, where folks today claim that mathematics is racist, that just the (laughs) idea of mathematics is a racist concept. Well, you, you can't have anything that's less racist than math. It has nothing to do with anything other than numbers. But if you're looking for ways to call people racists, the progressive left will find it. And you make a great point, Rob, showing how we are not. Thanks so much for calling in this evening. Thank you. Great to talk to you, sir. I will look up that information and I'll try to uh, talk about that in the next hour. But when we talk about what do people think, and that's why I love At Your Service, we get to talk to folks and, and hear what you think. There was a CBS poll that came out. And I always make a point, when it's specifically when I'm talking to my uh, left-leaning friends, I never quote a Fox News poll because they instantly say, oh, it doesn't matter, it's Fox, which is irrelevant. The polls uh, are done by the same method, regardless of who's doing them, uh, and it doesn't skew it one way or the other. But a CBS poll, can't say, oh, that's wrong. A CBS poll came out today that showed that a majority of voters support the decision to ship illegal immigrants to Democrat-run cities. It was 51% in favor, 49% disapprove, which really does show you just how divided we are as a country. But 51% approved, 49% disapproved. And and I approve of it, and I understand the left says, well, you're you're using the poor and you're using the immigrants as bargaining chips, as political capital. But aren't the left doing that now? Aren't the left using immigrants uh, as political capital when in New York, they the, the so many cities, including New York City, allows illegal immigrants to vote? Aren't you using that for political capital? Aren't you using it for political capital when there's a census done and you're saying that, well, we should be counting illegal immigrants as citizens in this country in order to increase the funding uh, that states get when it allocates, uh, not funding, yes, funding, but also the allocation of congressional seats. We should be counting illegal immigrants. Isn't that using immigrants or illegal aliens as political capital? Of course it is. Of course it is. And so that allegation is simply false. But I find it interesting that 51% of Americans agree with this. And, and I'll tell you why I agree with it, because it highlights in a it encapsulates in a perfect way the hypocrisy of the left, because in New York City, and I mentioned this when I was talking to Virginia Allen in New York City. It's 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 in the charter that it is a sanctuary city, a sanctuary city means we want you to come here. And yet the sanctuary city is complaining because illegal immigrants are actually coming there. How preposterous. How preposterous is that? Because if you're a sanctuary city, you should be welcoming illegal immigrants. Or if you're a sanctuary city and you're not welcoming illegal immigrants, then you're a hypocrite. So which is it? Are you not really a sanctuary city or are you a hypocrite? Pick one because there's no other choice. It has to be one or the other. That's why I thought it was so funny uh, in, in Martha's Vineyard. And I actually have a friend of mine who has a house on Martha's Vineyard. And when I teased him about it, oh, he got so angry. And, of course, he's, you know, he's extreme left. He's, 
He's uh, to the to the left of Karl Marx. And whenever I would talk to him about this, about because he's got a house on Martha's Vineyard, he got so enraged about it. And I said, why are you enraged? Massachusetts is a sanctuary state. All of your progressive buddies out there on Martha's Vineyard are all for just allowing immigrants over the border. But why are you against them coming to your city? Is it a case of saying, not in my backyard, NIMBY? You're all for illegal immigrants as long as I don't have to deal with them? How hypocritical is that position? And, of course, then he just got got kind of angry. But he got angry because what I said was right, and that type of hypocrisy is irrefutable. It's irrefutable, which is why you really don't see the mainstream media covering this issue in a balanced way because they don't want to deal with the hypocrisy of the left-run cities that are against housing migrants. Hey, we've got one more hour here on At Your Service this evening. Lots more to do, lots more to talk about. Hopefully more calls and texts from you at your service. KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 